You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. Tom, how's it going, brother? I'm great, man. I'm great. Yeah, you hear you complaining about the weather. Still a little bit warm over there. That's all we talk about over here. That's, that's, that's it. What that's it's, it. Like. it's the whole conversation. It's too damn hot. You know, we had we had 56 days without rain. Really? I mean, that's like Africa sort of level. <laughs> it's like the desert. Yeah. Hey, you know what the <laughs> what the fuck? Why not? So, yeah. are, are you managing? Are you able to survive or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fortunately, it rains so much the rest of the year. There's still enough water for us to survive. There is. I know everything. Look, I went to when I was going to Belgium. Yeah, initially years ago, ten years ago, when I started going to see Dieter and stuff, I don't think I saw the sun for bet you about the first four years. I didn't think the sun existed over there in Europe, <laughs> but it does. But hey, yeah, hey, Belgium's I, a bit weird. It, it, it's worse than you guys. Uh, yeah. yeah, it is worse weather. So anyway, so I want I, look. I want to get right to to the show. Uh, Tom and I. Tom was complaining to me before the show that I do this unbelievable long uh, selling process, but I won't do that today. But I do got to talk about the show where people can find it. All right. So uh, a primal radio, guys. You can hear us Saturday night, nine p.m. UK time, nine p.m. New York time on Hamilton Radio, and then. You can hear us on Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeart, iTunes, Sonos, YouTube, SoundCloud, Amazon Alexa. Uh, if you need to get a hold of us, find us on the original primalradio.com, primaljimnj.com. And also you can get a hold of me at primalfightpromotions.com. The only thing I'm going to promote is next weekend, which we'll be talking about uh, next week, Tom, is my fight promotion, the MMA event that I'm having at the Claridge Hotel in Atlantic City next Saturday night on the 11th of August, uh, packed card. Uh, the fights will start at 7 p.m. The doors will open at 6. You can get the tickets through all the fighters, the local clubs. You can get a hold of me at the gym and get a hold of tickets. We are nearly sold out. And I imagine even by the show we might be. So call and find out. If you want to get those tickets, find us at primalfightpromotions.com or 833-77-FIGHT. And we'll hook you up. We have a lot of good booths there. The booths are the best seat in the house. The the booths um, seat five people. It's three seventy five for the booth. You get table service, food, booze, all kinds of good good stuff. But matter of fact, Tom, are you going to be? But you were talking about last show about coming over and traveling across the country doing this road show. Is there? Yeah, that needs a bit more planning. I know. Okay, no, I <laughs> I get that. I wasn't going to come over in one week. You can't do. Well, come on, that's you know living on the edge. You can't just. Um, I mean. Are you going to do this maybe November, December, next spring? Any like if you had, I don't know, man. But it's I've not even that map. far, so I'm going to start mapping it out. You're going to start mapping it out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cross. You're going to drive, drive the and, and and Nick, you said he might go with you for part of the trip, right? He did, he did. Uh, we we stayed on the line after last week's show. We yeah. had a real long chat. Yeah. What an amazingly interesting guy. I'm currently reading his book, which I'd recommend to yeah. anyone. How how to be your own bodyguard. Right, right. Um, awesome, awesome guy. Really knowledgeable. Um, and he did say he'd he'd be interested in hopping hopping on for a week or two of. The yeah, driving. he would though. No, he would do it. He's yeah. he's definitely a, a nomad, so he would uh, he would definitely. Yeah. Do it. But anyway, so um, the, our guest, you you want me to do the uh, introduction? Yeah, Jimmy. All right. So our guest. All right. So I I had, was very fortunate to have known who this gentleman was, and uh, just through this, the similar circles that we travel, and. Uh, 
he happened to come over and attend um, because he was part of the big production, the uh, Catch World Championships 2018 at Primal Gym. And he is, um, good God, a, a lifelong martial artist. He's done a little bit of everything, super qualified in grappling. I mean, this guy is super talented, well-spoken, smart guy. Uh, he's done a little bit of, she's kickboxing, boxing. Uh, he's under Eric Paulson. He's the head of Legit Pro Wrestling, and our special guest, the lovely and talented Christopher Crossing. Chris, how you doing, buddy? How are you doing? Good to be here. G- good Thank to have you, you buddy. How, hey, how was your trip in the U.S. when you're here? Are you, when did you go back, too? Uh, I went back. Uh, I flew back the night of the seminar. Yeah. I just got straight to GFK from there. Oh, the uh, night of the I seminar, you flew back? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't realize that. So Chris came over. So we had, it was the first time, it's, Chris, please correct me if I am incorrect. It's the first time there was a uh, a championship in over 100 years, I believe. Uh, is yes, it in the first USA? unified. Yeah. First unified title. And that was from 1908, I think, so 110 years about. So uh, Chris and uh, Joe Bain and uh, I guess some others kind of put this all together. We had it at our gym, Primal Gym. So in some weird way, uh, by circumstance, we're a part of history. You know, and the event was great, wasn't it, Chris? Oh, it was awesome. Really it was, enjoyed it there. It was good. It was, was good. Competition was good. It was good. Yeah, it's funny because I, now, I, you know, because you're there and you see people online or you, you see them in a certain format. And I really didn't realize that was Chris. And I just happened to go up to him and go, and, and you are? <laughs> Something like that, right? What do you mean? Who the fuck am I? You know, no, no. so then and then we had a great conversation. And then the following day after the event, which was a spectacular event, uh, by the way, I worked that day from 4 a.m. to 1 a.m. Wow. Uh, was, you're right. Nonstop setting, doing all the bullshit you had to do with the event. And then uh, Chris uh, and I taught a seminar uh, on Sunday afternoon. And Chris went for the first couple hours and I went for and some real good stuff. A lot of different takes on things. It's interesting when you get to work with different people and you're open to to stuff like that, you get to see some real nice things. You might have a certain way to do it, and someone goes, mm, "They do it this way." And you go, "Shit, you know that was cool. That's better. I'm gonna, I'm gonna borrow that, or I'll do this for that." And uh, it was great. It was, it was fun, and and it, it was a real good experience on my part. I'm assuming you had a good time, Chris. <laughs> yeah, so, I loved it. It was awesome. Loved it, the seminar. Right. Now, how long did you were you in the U.S. for? You were a couple uh, weeks. I was there for a week. I stopped out in New York to yeah. begin with, then. Uh, Obviously, I, my, my opponent was injured. Right. And I was injured, too. So when I found out uh, he wasn't competing, I pulled out also. But uh, I got a chance to go and train in a couple of good places. I'd not rolled for like five weeks because of the injury. So right. it was nice to get on the mat again. I trained in Jersey as well. Uh, so, yeah, I got to train with some good people. Right. Uh, enjoy myself and enjoy the wrestling. There were some great matches on the daytime also. I enjoyed the daytime event as much as I did the event on the evening. Yeah. I thought it was bang on. Yeah, it was but, some good guys. Now, do we want to say who you were supposed to fight? Do we? Is that supposed to be? We can say that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. You were supposed to fight Paulson. Not Paulson. I mean, <laughs> Barnett. Josh yeah, Barnett. Yeah. yeah. So Josh, I, I guess, got hurt and had to had to pull out. And I don't yeah. know all the things that it. And you were supposed to fight him in that tournament. Now, how much do you weigh, Chris? Uh, too much. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> Um, about 19 stones, so it's like, what's that in pounds? 19 times 14. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Four big. Like 
That's funny. That's funny. And so, and you agree. Now, did you have a strategy to fight him? Did you have a particular way you were going to approach it, or you just go in there and try to impose your will? I just like to go in and learn. You know, yeah, I like to go in and enjoy, no matter what the rules set. Right. It's good to get in there and you, you learn something, don't you? Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. But, uh, I wasn't due to compete. What happened was, uh, obviously, Josh entered the competition, and Joel was uh, he was struggling to get somebody to go against him. So I said I'd jump in, uh-huh. and then it ended up the tournaments. So I was like, yeah, that's okay. Uh, just it's not one of those things but we did chat I chatted with uh, Josh Barnett and we are going to have the match but I think it'll be in England so oh, that's nice. awesome you know Dana, yeah, he's, he's a real good grappler, so he's very nice. Yeah, very, and, very good. Top now, of the food chip. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Now, you, now you've been you've been doing this your whole life. Yeah, I've always been uh, involved in you know some sort of fighting from being really young. The first martial art I did was in I think uh, about 1987. It was Mugendo. It was a form of kickboxing. There was a Mugendo school uh, where I lived, and uh, I didn't do it. I did a lot of other sports, but from being like 14, I've always trained in combat sports. I started doing a uh, Full contact karate, western boxing, and uh, some Muay Thai back then. Now, I didn't get into grappling until, uh, well, I went to one class in 1999, and I thought it was a load of shit, to be honest. It, they were rolling about on the floor. Yeah. I thought, I'll just hit them. I'll just punch them. I don't need to do this. Right. <laughs> At the time, I was uh, lifting a lot of weights and stuff. I put on a lot of weight from when I'd been boxing. I was you know, I was lifting heavy, a bit too confident, young, 20-year-old. Right. Then... Uh, I started boxing again. I got back into boxing. I was training in a pro gym, Maxi Smith's gym, and I was really enjoying it. But he threw me out because uh, he heard I'd been getting in bits of trouble down the town around nightclubs and stuff. He didn't want it. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, anyway, I thought, I want to get back to Maxi's. After a few months, I was really missing it. So I got in the car, thought, I'm going to drive over and just tell him, look, Maxi, I want to do this. I, I don't want to go out. I don't want to be drinking anymore. And I crashed my car on the way there. Yeah. So I ended up going out in the nightclub, drinking more. Drinking, I drank for ages. I've been trying to keep myself right to go back boxing. And I got into, I got into a fight with a like a, a guy from Afghanistan. No and then shit. Then his friend come round the corner, cauliflower ears, bald head. Oh. I threw a punch at him. Next thing, I'm in the sky. I thought, whoa, what's going on? This is like, where am I? What's happening here? <laughs> Next thing, I'm on the floor. And, uh, there's like this crazy guy trying to fight over the top of me. I'm biting at him and stuff. And wow, it gets put up. And then I go around to the like, he was in a pizza shop. I keep the side entrance in to start fighting with them again. Next thing, I'm getting it over the head with bats so that a gang of Palestinians all do me with bats. <laughs> so that was my introduction. Nice. So I went and found a grappling coach, uh, Marty Mandeville. He ran all the security where I lived. He taught me a sprawl in the guillotine and I had a, like an arranged fighter on the back of a weightlifting gym two days later. This time, I didn't get tucked down. You know, I was hooked. Right. I became friends with the guy. He became a world champion, a top MMA fighter over here. Uh, I taught him striking. He started teaching me bits of wrestling and grappling but what happened because of the uh getting hit with the bats i went back sparring too soon i got a bleed on my head the size of a tennis ball so wow. i had to stop striking for quite some time so i got heavily into grappling after that it was all i could do right so very interesting what well, there was a, there was an interesting stat i saw you post on facebook today right which is not, not, not necessarily one to be proud of but yeah i found our town yeah do you want to tell that one to jim it's a fact pretty pretty mad yeah. Um, they, they put a program on like uh, national TV about our town, Stockton, saying that uh, basically it's the worst place to live. In Holy Britain, shit, that was yours? Yeah, I, did, yeah. <laughs> I did read that. I, 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 was, I don't want to interrupt. I'll let you finish. But yeah. I didn't get to read the thing because I'm scrolling, doing whatever I was doing yeah, before. That was us. Getting the training. Like, I saw, saw like that. That's funny. Agencies are the same as uh, Ethiopia. Well, there's a lot of trouble <laughs> at the minute in our town. There's drugs, 
poverty, what? you know, the other day someone's been hit over the head and killed with an axe, scuba. Oh, my it God. It wasn't in the dunny. Just over, there's always something happening, people getting shot at. It's kind yeah. of spiraling out of control right now. So Was it always you know, like that, Chris, when you were younger as well? Was it, is it always been quite, has it always been quite tough? Yeah, when I, when I was young, there was a lot of riots. Like the, the, we were going to use that time, there was a lot of riots. Uh, I remember being really young and seeing a, there was what we call twocks then, you know, taken without owner's consent. People would steal cars and like, it was like wacky racers you know, around the streets. And I remember a policeman standing in front and the man just ran him over and crippled him. Wow. That was like you know, you know, the, the next street from my... So yeah. group riots and things, and it's always been uh, lots of fighting. You know, you, more so then you'd fight like arranged fights. You no know, people would fight to settle things, but then yeah. over it, it's got gradually more to do with weapons. Like when I was seventeen, for instance, uh, I got into a bit of trouble, and as I came out the park, uh, a man ran me over and hit me in the back of the head with an axe. You know, it was a, <laughs> when you're seventeen, you're still yeah. a bit naive. Wow. I was like, yeah. no, I'm not going to do this. And next thing, I'm on the floor. He's over the top of me. Somehow, I got it off him. But then someone took it from me. Then I was, I was like fighting on pure adrenaline. I remember I had a, a blue T-shirt on. It said Reebok in red, and then the the Reebok just went like it was black. And the the, the adrenaline was. You, you can imagine how good you felt of the adrenaline. I didn't right. feel any pain, so I'm yeah. boxing. I feel as if like I'm on top of the world, but I'm losing a lot of blood. The police mm. came on whatnot, yeah, and uh, went to hospital. But that's the type of place it is. You know, it's wow. uh, it's a funny town. Now, why why do you suppose the town is like this as opposed to other towns? Is it the culture? Is uh, it just how people are raised? Is because, like you said, the poverty and other things that might yeah, uh, Thatcherism maybe. We we could have, <laughs> there, was, there wasn't much yeah, there wasn't much to do back then. And, just kick um, ass. Yeah. There was a lot of things. There was a lot of strikes. Even the schools would go on strike. Yeah. Uh, really, it, it was tough, and obviously poverty. Uh, a lot of Irish came out the area. That's what my family are. We're all Irish. And uh, yeah. there's just mixtures of people and a lot of drinking, drugs, desperation. And I think the only way out really is usually the military, sport or crime. And uh, crime's the one that people choose the most, sadly. Mm. It's my so, yeah. yeah. And you grew up in this town, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Grew up in the town. Mm-hmm. I ended up, uh, well, that, that guy that I went to, to, who taught me the sprawl and the mm-hmm. takedown, not long after he got shot. Wow. Uh, he ran all the security, so he was like my coach by then. Mm-hmm. So I, wow. I volunteered to step on the doors, you know, which it's a competitive business, and uh, as you know. And then so I, I was just out of hospital and stuff, so that was a few crazy years. I was I ended up looking after the, the full business, and then I ended up with my own company, and I, I was involved in all that until 10 years ago when I got married. I knocked it all on the head, stopped having anything to do with uh, the security industry. Right, so that was a natural progression. So no matter what yeah. you were fighting, you the martial arts and all that boxing, obviously it helped you when you were younger when you were doing it? At some oh, level. definitely. I, right. I never wanted to be a boxer, really. It was just to be able to fight, you know. Right. That was, uh, it was just everybody went to the boxing club. That that was that was basically the only the only reason. I remember once I was on the way to boxing and I seen there was a car called like an RS Cosworth. If you had one of them... Uh, yeah, top boy. Back then. Yeah, the, the man in the car, uh, he was like the main man about. He was like 22 stone gold chains uh, he was counting like uh, a big amount of money i'd never seen that much money in my life and it, it triggered something you know i was about 13 14 yeah i remember that night i was in the boxing ring and now when you're getting hit and you're seeing white flashes and you're in to get someone older and it, you feel like you want to stop don't you but i was thinking you've got to keep going because it's it, it's harder it's harder outside so yeah ali was only about outsides i wanted to make money and then i thought i'll go in the army because i knew you'd go in the army to pay for you to box you know you look after you yeah, I thought I'd yeah. go through that route, but then uh, I was ready to go in the army. 
I got involved in some fights and then I had court cases and things, so I didn't get in. So, you know, by the time it all blew over, it was, it, I'd already been into the carry-on with the acts and whatnot, so it just didn't happen. Right. So I, I went that security route, ended up on the doors and stuff for many years. But I, I never stopped training. You know, I feel that martial arts saved me. It always gave me something to do. Yeah. I, mean, I always had to be trained. I always had to be somewhere. So going back to, to your, in relation to your area, I mean, you, you still, it's your home, right? You, you must be still proud of it, despite all the difficulties. And you're making quite a big difference there with all the stuff that you're doing, right? Yeah, I feel that uh, I've got a job to do. You know, I'm running the race, so to speak. Yeah, but I, I live, uh, I live now only about five miles out. I live in like a nice uh, private housing area, about five yeah. miles away. But even in this street the other day, uh, my next door but one neighbour's been arrested for chasing a son with a knife. And he's about 11 years old. <laughs> <so I think. laughs> and this is the nicer neighbourhood, yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone stabbed someone because they wouldn't let him in the barbecue. And this is the nice part of town. You know I mean? That's the nice part yeah. of town. We're moving <laughs> with early. I, Jersey, I said, I love it here. The people are so nice. It's amazing. I know, that's what you're saying. This is New Jersey. Where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, that I was funny. Like that. Whenever I visit Jim, it's like his areas, you know, it's got all those, the American flag outside, the beautiful. great, great, beautiful green lawns. And uh, Jim's always, you know, you're, you kind of beat up on it a little bit, don't you, as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Jersey, look, in the rest of the country, Jersey, actually, there was a nickname, like, we're the uh, armpit of the United States. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, but, you know, because we're right, we're right between Philadelphia and, and New York. So, you know, like, North Jersey tends to be toward New York sports or whatever it be and have a different accent than the people in South Jersey, which is more Philadelphia. So we get a bad rap, but, uh, and I've been, I've been, uh, yeah, I've been here my whole life. I got a life sentence. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's funny. So he liked it. I thought that was odd, but, <laughs> but this town, it's a small town with a lot of problems, but it's creating a, right. you know, some amazing sportsmen. We have my brother-in-law. He's a, He's an Olympian. He's, he won the world indoor 60 meters. Wow. He was eating out of their food because he had no money a couple of months before. And now he's doing well. You know, he's got night contracts. He's doing extremely well. We've had premiership football players. The, mm. the, there's a lot of good going on. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of projects happening. But what happened with government cuts and things? All the money stopped. So there's youth clubs closing and whatnot. But I'm yeah. lucky as uh, I'm working with so-and-so's ministries. And there's a, a lot going on there. We're, we're getting help a lot of people. Right, right. I'll, I was telling I was telling Chris about um, when I my football team went to go and play his football team. Yeah. Um, and we we drove up. And we, we you know we got off the coaches, went to the game, and then the game finished one all, and everyone was kind of a bit angry. So it's a draw, and we had to walk. All of all of our fans had to walk through their fans to get to our coaches to get home. Right. And like they're all deliberately walking into you, so there was like a few little fights kind of kicked off. Yeah. Yeah. And there was this one lad who reacted and he punched someone and he got arrested. So then we had to do like a whip round on, you know, everyone who was on the bus to get, get, get a little bit of money so this guy could like post some bail and get get back to London. No. But um, it's it, just another uh, example of how rough it is. Um, yeah. Interestingly, Chris has done some work with the, with the football club, right, which is at, at a time when they were really quite successful, like the, with the England current England manager. Yeah, yeah, I used to go in there. What happened was uh, I was training for the Mundials in, I think, 2004 or five, and I, I kept getting a recurring injury, and I, I ended up going to a clinic, and it was one of the Middlesbrough FC uh, coaches were there, and it was herniated discs that I had. So 
you know, it was a bad injury and uh, they got me through it. Then they invited me in to start coaching the players once I was better. I was working with like Pogatex, uh, Hoot, a few of the other players, some of the goalkeepers. Because some yeah. of them had uh, bad footwork, so I do footwork drills with them, getting them on the pads, different kinds of conditioning. But uh, yeah. was a, a funny guy. They called him, uh, I think they called him the Mad Dog. That was his nickname, Mad Dog. Yeah, yeah. He's a European guy, and he said to me, is there anything I can do on the pitch? So I showed him something from Silat, you know, where you get your hands and put it into the face. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I was with my, my cousin at the time. A couple of days later, Sky Sports was on the play Manchester United, and Cristiano Ronaldo's like, one of the best players in the world, and uh, Pogatex gets him in the box and starts getting his face, starts squeezing him live on TV. Mad, mad man. And he got away with it. I don't know how he got away with it, but I didn't think he was going to do it like in a big match like that. But he did. Yeah, he's a comical man. Really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was there something about Pogba as well that you were going to... I made that up? Pog, Pogatex, it was. Poggy. Oh, yeah, him and... I yeah. He's at now. I think he's at West Ham. He, he played uh, international football for... Some Eastern European club, I'm not sure which one. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So there's a guy, uh, Tim Tackett, that myself and Jim have, have worked with. And, yeah, Tim, Tim coached Eric and stuff like that. So he he's done work with the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers yeah. about getting them to use their body better. And it's interesting that you say footballers were struggling with their footwork. Yeah. Yeah. That is um, kind of funny, yeah. Yeah, so, but you got you got to work with them on that basis. I mean, I, I guess you could apply a lot of the re- wrestling stuff to rugby players. Definitely, yeah. My son plays rugby league, and um, all he's ever did really is uh, wrestling and judo. But once he's gone to rugby league, he's, he's loved it because uh, he's tackling people like, a lot easier than, than, than you'd expect for someone that has only been doing it for a year. Yeah. yeah he, he feels like it's easier to take somebody down in rugby than it is in wrestling. Yeah. They don't necessarily understand the, the sort of the body weight and the biomechanics as well. Yeah. They're, they're obviously strong and fast, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think wrestling's got crossover for most things. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I prefer kids to start off with wrestling or judo. I, I find it difficult to coach kids under eight or nine striking. I find it hard for them to you? you know, keep the hands up and things, where I think that wrestling just seems uh, second nature for them. Really? So you think... So, so if someone came into your school, whatever age, let's say 10 years old. And yeah. I, bring, I bring my son in and I'd say, We're, and you offer all these things and you would say to start him in wrestling would be your preference. Yeah, wrestling. Mm. And you just figure it's it's an easier thing for them to adapt to? You think? Yeah, it, yeah, and I think once they learn how to, how to wrestle, once they've learned how to learn, I think it's easier for them to then go on to striking. I think it's a better progression than striking to wrestling. Uh-huh. Although I did the other way around. You know, I did it, I started off with striking but i just feel that um wrestling just stands them in good stead and yeah, the stance is too different to boxing as well once they're a bit more upright and they used to twisting the hips right and i think the kids who wrestle all end up quite heavy-handed yeah, you yeah. see the power same with judo too i think it's due with the hips right 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 what, what, what do you start them off with in your school oh whatever they want to pay for <laughs> 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 they want to learn how to dance. They came to the right place. No, no, I'm just fucking around. Kickboxing is the thing that people ask for more than right. anything. Yeah, no, it, it's so too, yeah. Right, yeah. When they when they come, for me, I mean, we do a little bit of everything. So we do the boxing, MMA, and you know, submission and all that stuff. Really, every individual is slightly different. It, um, depending what the heck they they're, they're going, I'd rather I'd like for them to do everything. You know, I, it obviously boils down to their. What, what time they have and and so on and so forth. So, 
Uh, although, to be honest, is that probably, <clears throat> like you said, the boxing and the kickboxing is more popular, at least at my gym initially. Because more people, when they're coming just for fit, not everyone's coming in to learn how to fight at that level yeah. necessarily. They're doing it for some other aspect, you know, maybe a little self-protection and a little bit of a fitness. So grappling is probably a bigger commitment. Some people have that issue with, you know, somebody wrestling them, you know, that body contact. But yeah. we, our programs are pretty well dispersed, but I think boxing drives it a little bit more, you know. At my place. But that's also geographical, too. You can go down the road and find it the exact opposite is true for whatever, yeah. for whatever Come reason. On. Chris, um, you've, you've obviously done Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You're a black belt in that, and you've done, you've done the wrestling. Um, why is it that I find wrestling just that doesn't seem to have the commercial uh, following, particularly here in the UK? I mean, it, down south in London, I've got like... A, the London Fight Factory at the bottom of my row. There are Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym. You can do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu everywhere. Yes. Why? Why is wrestling, given that it's it's British um, background, why is it not taken off in quite the same way? Yeah, great question. Um, I heard a story that um, a lot of the old great cat wrestlers died young. A lot of them took their own life. Really? A lot of them suicide? Yeah, because uh, they had they had toothache, terrible toothache, because they lost bits of teeth and whatnot. You know, they didn't have good dental treatment back then and also they get conjunctivitis that they, they didn't know how to get rid of they get skin conditions um, like staff and things like that yeah so a lot of them were in tremendous pain and they took their own life I, I know that and also there's that uh the, the pro like the fake stuff you know right so popular a lot, a yes. lot of people kind of get the two confused yeah uh, and i think that also in england the british wrestling association uh, uh, they don't seem to do much to promote wrestling they're in charge of the freestyle and greco but like in 2012, for instance, they were allowed to put somebody in every weight division because they were the host nation. They didn't bother doing it. Yeah. And they were trying to bring people in from abroad and give them passports. So wrestling is kind of dead in England, apart from catchers having a resurgence. And uh, I, th I think that um, people do get confused to do with the, the that like that fake stuff, the, the sure. work stuff. And that could be why they all oh, wrestling. They're going to hit him over the head with a table, you know. They're not educated, whereas in the States, they have the, the NCEA system. You know, they yeah. have the folk style there. That, that's amazing. Every, everybody in America you speak to, they seem to have did wrestling at some point. And yeah. Stockton, although it's a bad place, um, it can be a bad place with a bad reputation. We're the, only, um, we're the only place in the northeast of England that has a freestyle wrestling school. We've got a yeah. successful judo school as well. We've always, um, we've always been lucky in that sense. We've always had good martial arts here. Yeah, I've done a bit of training with um, Coach John Potenza, who, who's now out in yeah, Prescott. Yeah, awesome. Lo lovely guy, um, and I really enjoyed it. So when I came back to the UK, I started looking stuff up, and it was like Wigan seemed to be the place to go Yeah, because uh, of Billy Robertson. Who, once, oh, I think uh, once a month, they have a class at Wigan, yeah. Yeah, but he's, you know, it, it's nowhere near London, unfortunately. Yeah, we're the only school in the country that has catch wrestling. Like seven days a week, we have... We have like six in Stockton, one in Newcastle. We're the only place in the country that has catch every day. Wow. In hey, Europe, I believe. Tom, how far are you away from Chris? Uh, I mean, that coach was like five or six hours. Probably really? Like four, four hour no. drive or two and a half hours on the train. Yeah. On the train. Yeah. What would a train yeah. cost you? Um, depends. I, I, you know, it could be a hundred quid, which is which is a fair quite quite a bit. Right. Right. Wow, I didn't realize it was that you know that much of a pain in the ass to get up to where Chris yeah, is. I travel over here. <laughs> it's easier traveling there than here, that's for sure. 
Chris, uh, in the in the tournaments, when when you're at Jim's place, you're doing the tournament, yeah. and catch is brutal, and that's what I like about it. But how do you stop your guys getting injured all that's the time? That's the problem. That's, that's the problem. The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I had so many injuries. I remember before my first catch tournament, I couldn't turn my head. It was about seven days out, and my friend Graham said to me, "Oh, so you won't be competing?" Then I like turned my head. I said, "I will." And he looked terrified. You know, it's it's one of those <laughs> things. You're always you're always going to be injured. I think uh, I, I am trying to change that now because we've seen that many of us with injuries, but it's difficult, you know, and I think that's why jiu-jitsu is so popular because you can train with the best guy in the world and not necessarily get hurt. Right, you, you don't see, get beat up. You like, touch your face or something, oh, I'm sorry, it's kind of effeminate in some schools, you know, they don't want to go near you. Um, yeah. Very Whereas wrestling, any form of wrestling, be it judo, uh, sambo, freestyle, catch you're getting thrown about, aren't you? It's just like rugby. You couldn't really floor roll a rugby match unless yeah. it's rugby. Where yeah. So I've got it right in the sense that um, they're making it nice, they're welcoming people in, and there's obviously the belts, the stripes. I think people are, are really into that. But when I look back to when I first went out to Brazil as a white belt, I used to get smashed for six, ten-minute rounds every session. Yeah. Uh, that's the way it was. That was the best place in the world right then. Uh, Gracie Bar had all the top yeah. in there. Uh, but it, it does seem to have changed now. Uh, it, it changed massively. Same Got with boxing, watered you know, down, boxing, you think? Tough. Yeah, they're definitely, yeah. I think in order to get it out there to, to the masses and to make it into a business, which does make sense. Yeah. Do you think... Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Did you have something? No, 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 no. No, no, Sorry, no just making noise. <laughs> Did okay. you think, Chris, because like, like, oh, at, at Primal, we both do... Um, we both do, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and we do uh, catch yeah. wrestling. Do you think, and I have my opinion on it, that it will ever catch up in popularity to BJJ? I not the way it is at the moment. I can't see it. No. I agree. I don't think BJJ will catch up to judo. I just think, you know, the way things are, I can't see it happening. Right. Um, I think for catch, to catch up, it would have to be grassroots. That's what we're trying to do to right. get it busy in England, grassroots. Mm, you need right. people doing it and obviously you can't have them kids doing the crazy submissions but you can teach them to wrestle on the ground you can let them mat wrestle and that's why I think USA wrestlers do so much better in mixed martial arts because in folk style you allow them on the ground to wrestle on the ground way in freestyle yeah. all around the world uh, they blow that whistle as soon as you're on the ground doing nothing you're still back up I think that's the advantage that the Americans have yeah now that, that is, are you finding uh more and more people finding you as a result of they're actually searching out the catch wrestling for you and you and your yeah team. definitely yeah Jim because uh you know I have a camp on this weekend I have a guy traveling from Germany oh wow um, guys from from down uh, around the UK mm-hmm. and a lot of them have got in touch with me because recently I've started to coach self defense again so that seems nice. to have really uh, opened a couple of doors for me right so you left so your self defense background is in what all the other martial arts stuff that you've done the, in in the past or. Yeah, then I used to also go and learn from a guy, Jeff Thompson, who's really well-known. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, and um, obviously that was the reason why why I was like involved in martial arts, really. Mm. Uh, I love the self-defense, but then I, when I packed in the security, I packed that in as well. But, but um, when I started, to, again, when you say about watering things down, I was looking at some self-defense things. Right. Uh, and a lot of these men, you can tell they've never had a fight. Oh, uh, no doubt. It, it's unbelievable, and I thought, wow, I think I should definitely come back and start putting some camps on and trying to just, right. you know, put, put my influence out there because I believe I can help people. So let, let's say someone, I, I'm 
thinking of someone like me, right? So they want they they want to get a solid ground foundation. Like I'm I'm a good striker and I've got got weapon stuff from doing army stuff, right? But just but get them my, over the head with a stick. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, I want I want to get better on the ground. I see that as my main weakness. Yeah. But I don't necessarily want to complete. A system, you know, get get to say black belt standard in a BJJ or, or, or any anything like that. Or I might fall in love with it. I did kind of fall in love with boxing. Yeah. And boxing fell in love with you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I picked up the boxing to uh, get my head moving in 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 the martial art that I was doing. But you know, after a while, I kind of fell in love with that. But if you know, do, do you have any sort of thing? Do you have a a course for people maybe that don't want to yeah. go to f- ho- the full we hog. Do. Yeah, street effective grappling is uh, is just that really. And I was chatting with Jimmy when I was out in the states about that I'm using less and less and everything that I do. And he said Bruce Lee called it daily decrease. And uh, it's kind of I've I put together the effective things, and a lot of them are banned from uh, from from sport, you know, because mm. obviously people. This is the MMA generation, you know. There's young lads that. So just as much as it hit you with a slide punch, it'll probably hit you with a slide double leg now. Right. So it's yeah. ripping and tearing and things, uh, cranks and whatnot. So a lot of it is catch-based, but I also do a lot of chokes with the clothes because it's things that I've just did uh, on the doors without without learning them. It just happened, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's some good chokes that we have as well. But uh, it, it, this is how I teach somebody. You know, like say, uh, when you're in the army, you get basic training. It's not a, a great deal of time. You have to learn the basics. Yeah. And like basic training for survival, to uh, survive an altercation and to be able to put something on that hurts and that's easy to apply. Mm. Now, when you were working the doors, and you, we've, we haven't really touched on it, was there a ton of action going on? With a lot of, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. it was craziness the whole time, or were you with. Uh, you well, know? I was the head doorman of a place called the Empire in Middlesbrough, and uh, uh-huh. it, was, it was lively. There's different nights, so. Depending on the night, there's a different crowd of people. Right. When my coach was, uh, when he'd been shot, there was a lot going on because people wanted to take the doors. So there'd be like firms coming through from Leeds, which is like an hour away, and like coming into the nightclub, then suddenly you realise they've been coming in drips and drabs, and then it kicks off. Like people were thinking that the the firm was going to be weak because a lot of the lads left. They didn't want no, no, they didn't want to be involved in what was going on. So that that was crazy times. But um, sometimes I, I think it's kicked off worse for me when I've been working on small places when I've had to go and cover, say somebody's off. Right. When, you, when you're in a nightclub, you have like a good firm with you. But when you're in these little places and you're outnumbered, that, that can be that can be worse because people have more confidence. And there's a... Right. I used to work in a place called Yarm where it was like... There was a big problem with, like, say, rugby teams. And there's a, um, a cat deep prison there where people are finishing off the jail sentences. So they're seeing that it's a nice place and then they're coming back for a night out. So, yeah, you get some interesting, some interesting things happen there. And also, when I had my own firm, I was looking after things. I'd work on a, a bar in Dalton, like on my own, where I knew most of it was all mainly uh, like traveling people, gypsy people. And when it kicked off there, like it did kick off. But the good thing was, you could get them to have a fair fight. So a few times I ended up watching fair play, you know, and they'd fight, then they shake hands and go back in. And I'd rather work somewhere like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, what, what made right. you decide to stop working the doors? Is that just. I know why I, I did. Mar- I got married, you know, and uh, yeah. I didn't want to be out all night, every night. And when I, I was also looking after like uh, hotels and places, and somebody not like nice hotels. This place, its nickname was Hotel Sodom. It wasn't a nice place. Not nice. Even getting phone calls at all times of the night, having to go down and wow. sort things out. And I just right. thought it's a matter of time before I end up in prison. Well, no. because 
just just getting worse. The fights would get worse and worse. Well, it was the people that you know that you were dealing with, right. and there was a time when um, you know, like certain type of people, like criminals and whatnot, if they come and started started something, like it, it was what it was. But then people started mentioning the police and things, phoning the police. It was all the rules all changed, you know. And then there was uh, in England now as well. You have to be badged, and it's a lot different. The, the doorman, there's a lot of weak people on the door now. Yeah. Anybody, as long as you go and pass and get this badge, they'll let you on. Where before it wasn't like that. Yeah. It's the, a, yeah, yeah. Different, a total different time. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You no, know, you said something about your team. So you had a, when you were working, you had a, a handful of guys that you trusted, yeah. right? But that would have your yeah. back in the battle, right? Yeah. And whatever went on, if it was like. Uh, it went on after work or whatever, you know, you were all big at one team. Right, because recently, because I used to, you know, I worked the door for a lot of years at a place with a lot of bands. Yeah. And I saw a lot of action. And okay. um, but recently, uh, over the last couple of years, I've had people contact me to come out and do some stuff. And then recently I was contacted to do something. I think it was last weekend. And then I called my, was it this week? It doesn't matter. Uh, I called my crew of guys up and they get, are you guys available? And none of my guys were available to work that particular night. It was a last minute thing. So I got back to him and said, I can't do it. And uh, you can't just come alone. I said, no, I <laughs> will not do it without my crew, which sounds funny guys that I can trust because as you know, how quickly you can become outnumbered. And yeah. I did not want some meathead who just worked on his biceps covering my back. Fuck that. Yeah, I want a guy no. who can throw down who's going to go in the heat battle with me. So I, I turned him down. The money wasn't bad, but I just couldn't. It just wasn't worth it. You know. Yeah, you've got to have a strong firm with you. Fuck Definitely. yeah. Yeah, no it was, it was real interesting last week when we had Nick Hughes on because he, he was talking about um, that when you've got a good firm behind you, they'll have your back. They'll take a yeah, bullet for you. Right, fun. right. As a bodyguard, he said, um, which in theory is a more glamorous profession, which he's done done a lot. He said, you know, you you are very much by yourself, and the other guys in the bodyguarding community will sort of not not literally stab you in the back, but they'll try and steal your business. Yeah, and, you know, it's a much, <laughs> much right. more lonely profession. Right, no doubt yeah. about it. And the work's less regular too. But oh, uh, no interesting doubt. stuff. So mm. after the door, Chris, after he got married, it, it, when did you open up the place that you're? you're doing now the the, the gym well, the current um, gym what was it how was what I was the genesis coaching. of that yeah what happened was I, I got into coaching because obviously i was coaching the dorman and uh, right I, I never stopped from that point i've always been coaching people now since uh like 2002 i've always been coaching people. but i always liked coach i remember as a kid like in the karate i'd always be working out the syllabus i'd be looking in the mirror to see what the higher grades were doing i'd be going home writing it down and wow. yeah i'd be like texting my friends on the pads i always like to to coach but yeah. um this this place where we are now we've been in this building for like uh seven years or something but again it was mainly just uh the core group of us training whereas now we're, we're opening it up and uh, we've got a lot going on and more, more is going to be happening in september mm-hmm. where we're introducing some more programs now what do you guys what do you guys teach there um it's been like full-on wrestling like catch wrestling right and self-defensive labor we're also going to add brazilian jiu-jitsu and kickboxing Oh, nice. uh, on the daytime, I've been working with children for like four years who've been thrown out of mainstream education, like uh, 14, 15, and 16-year-olds. Uh, I've been working with them, but now we're, we're moving on to some new things. We are setting up a program, Math Therapy, for, for 
anybody at all that's interested in coming in and getting fit and changing the life around. There's a lot of unemployment here, so we just want people to be coming in on the daytime, you know, and just open them up to martial arts and changing the mindset. And you're finding that's working because obviously, you know, I guess you, you must have some people who are thinking, well, you're teaching this guy that's maybe a bit alienated and got some troubles. You're now teaching yeah. him how to fight, you know. What... Yeah. Obviously, you, you've got to assess them. Same with the kids. But I found out that, um, you know, wrestling's a great teacher for that because you may get, there's always a bit of a pecking order. And some of these kids have already been to like young offenders institutes and things like that. You know, they're being locked away. And there's all normally the one like with the attitude, the clever guy a bit of a warm-up and getting tired and suddenly the little kids taking him down and pinning him and making him give in and submit because some of these kids have never given in to anything before. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're fighting against authority and then they get a bit of humility and it, it, it's worked a treat. Suddenly yeah. there's no pecking order anymore. Yeah. Everybody becomes a team. I think that's what we're lacking in uh, in schools in England. Obviously, there's no boxing in schools anymore. No. Um, they're giving everybody medals for sure enough. I think that we're lacking that, you know. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Chris, who would you describe as sort of your biggest um, influences? Because, uh, you know, I've seen photos of you of Billy Robinson, you know, Eric Paulson, Gracie's, Josh Barnett, you were training with at Jim's place. You've even trained with the great Jim McCann. Who would you say is your <laughs> Now, we were teaching you know, together. I didn't, I didn't teach him yeah, shit. There's so, there's so many people over the years... Um, I've learned something from everybody that I've ever been on the mat with, whether I'm learning from them or whether I'm coaching them. But in these last few years, since being affiliated with CSW, you know, since Eric Paulson's had a, right. a massive effect on, on, on me, I've learned, I'd say I've learned more to do with grappling in the last three years than in, in the other years all put together. You know, I go mm. as far as to say that. You know, there, there's some guys through here, like two brothers, uh, two traveling lads who are very, very good. They've helped me, helped me massively. Um, my old boxing coach, he had a big a big impact on me. Uh, my karate and Thai coach, uh, Ajahn Barry. I, I still coach at his gym once a week now. That we, I've known him for like, what, 20, 26 years or something. Wow, yeah. yeah he, he really, uh, you know, he helped me massively. My boxing coach, Chris Bales, he was an old school, you know, a tough, uh, t- you know, he was a hard taskmaster. He helped me a lot. I went in there as a kid, really, and left as a man. I remember there was a, like a, a weight that I couldn't bench press like an old metal weight and I used to feel stupid. I was the weakest in the class when I get put up going. I got put up with the seniors and by the end I was upright rowing it, you know. So yeah, I became a man in there. I love boxing. I think everyone should do at least a little bit of boxing at some point yeah. in their life. I think it's it's good for you, isn't it? You know, boxing and yeah. wrestling are my favourite two things. Right, you know it humbles it humbles you. <laughs> yeah, massively. Right, I you miss, get... I miss being able to box, you know, obviously yeah. I, I couldn't get a license or anything anymore because of the bleed to uh, the bleed to the brain, but then I went and had uh, nine mixed rules matches, you know. Yeah. Uh, six amateur and three pro, because you didn't need anything for that. Right. And I was getting it over the head with things on the door anyway, so I, I knew I was all right. Yeah, yeah. So what what was the end result of the the, the brain injury? Uh, I, I didn't get surgery, you know. They gave me a lot of uh, medication and stuff. And again, I had a couple of fits as well at the time because of that. So that stopped me from getting, uh, yeah. getting, getting a badge with the ABA again. Right. Right now, everything yeah. seems to be good. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Now it's almost twenty years ago. Yeah. But that's what pushed me towards grappling because I thought I better be able to deal with situations right. without having to get into a, get you know, into a stand-up war. And I, right. somebody gave me a copy of Choke Kicks and Gracie. So then, obviously, I found out where the Gracies were, and I, I went off to Brazil. Right, right, right. You know, I had I'd done a, a ton of sports, tens of thousands of rounds of full contact fighting, 
and uh, I, thousands of rounds of sparring, getting punched in the face. I'm really good at getting punched in the face, That's and uh, <laughs> I've become a pro. But um, about six months, someone said to me not long ago, and I, I've cut back sparring because at some point this is probably true, not because it hurts, not because they fear, but someone said, well, Jim, went, have you ever had your uh, head checked? <laughs> Meaning, <laughs> not a shrink, but meaning like, uh, you know, to see if there's yeah. anything going on. I bet I've had tons and tons of concussions. Yeah. And, concussions, definitely. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, no doubt. And uh, I just hadn't. But then they said, well, when when is it that one punch going to be enough? Yeah. And I don't know that answer. I've, at least to my knowledge, haven't suffered anything. But when that happens, I'll never remember probably. So it might not matter. But. Uh, I did, I purposely said, you know, I'm just going to pull back. I'll spar, but I'm not going to go balls to the wall yeah, anymore. Go move. Right, shit, I'm 52 years old. I'm fighting yeah, guys yeah. 20 who are golden gloves and national champions <laughs> and, and who aren't holding back their punches, and I'm fine with it. But it'll probably be that guy who came in for the day one lesson and punches me and finally breaks my nose, <laughs> and it takes <laughs> me out. What a way to go. But, uh, but it's a tough game, isn't it? It is, it is. And the same thing with the grapple. Like, I've come anymore. I've got, I love to grapple. I had an issue with my knee for a year, so I didn't get to grapple like I wanted to grapple. So, But I'm a little more selective on who I'm going to grapple with because it will be, it won't be you who's going to rip my arm off, although you could. It is that white belt kid who's fighting for the UFC title. Always. <laughs> Always. I was wrong. Always. Like a big, strong beginner the other night. And right. Well, this guy's crazy. He didn't even want to tap. And I'm trying to just go nice and move about with him. Right. Yeah, I'd rather go against uh, like a world black belt champion. I think yeah. the, the risk of injury is less, as you said. Absolutely. Same thing when people come into sparring boxing. I put them up against an advanced fighter. Like Tom came over and sparred Scrap, who's a <laughs> who is a <laughs> yeah. world class. You know, he's going to go to the Olympics. He's top notch, but Scrap's got all the control in the world. You know, so Tom's not at that level of boxing to Scrap, and and Tom survived. <laughs> so, <laughs> well done. Well done, Tom. Do you ever lose him? Um, do you ever get forgetful after a sparring session? I'm sorry. What were you talking about? Do you ever get forgetful? That was quick. Uh, have I ever gotten forgetful? Not that I can remember. <laughs> uh, uh, a few years ago, when I was being sparring heavy, yeah. I, I went upstairs and I was, was going to go boxing now and then. You know, when my wife looked at me, I thought, oh, shit, you know, yeah. I've got to be careful. It's not good. I'd already been on the morning. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> you got to be careful, haven't you? You do. There was one. friends of mine that professional boxers. Yeah. They're starting to stutter and slur the words a lot. Right. And, a lot of them. There's, mm. only, there's only so many miles on that clock. No doubt about it. And I, I'm hopefully I pulled, uh, I've stopped just short of that. So uh, we'll see. That is yet to be you've determined. Had a, you've had a good run. That's a, a lot of sparring. All shit, that, yeah. A lot of years. Right, and I still get. I go, fuck! I, I just want to get on the mat and, and tear it up. I, 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 just, I love it, but it, right at some point we have to kind of go. Eh, you know, it's time just to sit back. I can still enjoy the the grappling and the sparring and the fighting. I just try to be a little bit more controlled in my chaos. You know, yeah, from everything we've done, and I've been fortunate that never to have had had to have surgery or any real injury. You know, outside of bumps and bruises and twists and stuff like that, I've been very fortunate. But that day may come if I don't watch my ass, you know. Especially when you're fighting, you know, the, like I said, the young kids are trying to do it. But eh, who knows? Surviving somewhere. So the school is where? Where can we find your school? What town is it? Is it in Stockton? 
Stockton. Yeah, legit pro wrestling school, uh, Stockton on Tees. We're, we're, uh, Facebook's the, the best place to find us, yep. obviously. You get a notification and right. get back to you. So it's legitprowrestling.co.uk. The, the, website, the, web, the website, we don't even bother with, you know. Really? Everything's through Facebook, yeah. Right, it is. We, and we I are think getting it redone, though. We will, be, we will get the website. So, but everything's through Facebook. Through Facebook. Now, do you do it? You have class training. You have personal training you do? Yeah, we have camps as well, like uh, Street Effective Grappling. Uh, this this weekend, we have a uh, hmm. catch wrestling camp, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. But we're doing a lot of the free stuff as well now. We're going to be doing the map therapy for anybody wanting just to come and do something productive and get them, you know, introduce themselves to martial arts. Right. No, that's awesome. great. That's There's not a lot of money in the town, so... I just yeah. think we can get out there and do something good. It's, right. You know, we're going to get people through the door and get, get people to work. I with. hear you. I do a lot of that as well here. And you got to yeah. read your because not everybody can afford it. And That's and it. it's interesting thing that you said it because you we we all have a real passion for this. I don't want to deny anybody anything. And um, and and the challenge is is at some point the bills still have to be paid. But you you don't want to yeah. turn anybody away. And it, by the way, what we do to people's shock is it does change people's lives. It often gives them a purpose to get up in the morning. And maybe not to go do drugs or hang out with the wrong yeah. crowd, you know? And that's yeah. unforeseen. A lot of people don't realize that. And then through our passion, or we become starving artists. So that's, yeah. how, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> but it's yeah, true. Because, you know, it's true. Now, you got, is there any DVD? I, I see a lot of your clips on YouTube. But you have like a DVD thing that goes out there. Is there an organization? Yeah, we have, um, we have some street effective DVDs and we have uh, like a, uh, LBW Entourage Group as well, where we uh, people can join our uh, as a member of the Jip Pro Wrestling School, and then they get access to that. There's like 150 videos or so on there, and we're working on some instructional things as well because we have some affiliate schools now. We have uh, Mexico, one guy in the states, uh, wow. a guy in Germany's coming on board, and nice. some in the UK. So we're trying to, you know, get our uh, get our blend of catch out there. Right, right. Now, has it, now awesome. you you told me something interesting. God, was it, I guess, that we were doing the seminar together um, about the travelers and they were just calling it wrestling, and you learned a lot yeah, from these yeah. guys. You want to tell us that story? Yeah, the, the lads came into my class, and I got to, to know them from when I was working on the nightclubs. Yeah. And, uh, they came in, and they were, they were killing all of us. I was like a purple belt at the time. I'd been doing uh, competing MMA as well, and we were just going through everybody, you know, like a hot knife through butter. And they were doing cranks and things, and I knew this is catch, and I'm saying to them, What's this that, that you're doing? What is it? What style is it? And I was saying, it's just wrestling. And uh, when Billy Robinson came over, I told him about them. And he said, yeah, anybody that's learned from an old-timer, to them, it's just wrestling. He said, we never really used to call it catch. It was just wrestling. Wow. Catch and catch cam was like what you did. <clears throat> it was just wrestling, yeah. And these guys were trained by the dad. Some of the uh, travelers, you know, they have obviously very good bare-knuckle boxing. Sure. They're, they're more well-known for, but they also have catch. These men are like top of the food chain. They're super secretive and they're super, extremely fit and well-conditioned, but people don't really like them going in the gym. There's not many gyms will let them in. Because when they're on the travels, they go in and they just have that going full. Like, like in boxing, when it's just all out, every spa, they're like that with the grappling as well. No, with no kidding. So it's, and, uh, yeah. yeah, they used to just kill me for years and years. But the last <laughs> few years, they've been, they've been coaching me. They've been helping me out. So, yeah, it's been good. <laughs> and so they kind of <laughs> let right. you in on that. So after you training with them, they kind of... Brought you into yeah, their circle, so to speak. Six years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because even when my gym had been closed and I moved house, they just knocked on my door one day. They just came and found me. No I was kidding. Like, Whoa. <laughs> How'd you find me? They just started laughing. 
the <laughs> Do you keep in touch with these guys still, or? Yeah, yeah. Um, every week, uh, a bunch of my guys go and, and train with them. Mm-hmm. I'm coaching them that night, but uh, <clears> they'll <throat> come over and pop in the gym. So every few weeks they're in. Really, right? Oh, and yeah, they're starting di- to coach MMA fighters now, so they're starting to get out to the shows and stuff. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're also both ex-national judo champions when they were young as well. So, oh, wow. Yeah, tough. They've got a good game. Yeah, yeah, tough guys. Now, do you have yeah. many guys who are co- actually competing on any kind of circuit, whether it be boxing or MMA? Not, not for um, all, all year. We have no competition this year. Everybody's just been, yeah. everybody's been training and getting over injuries, believe right. it or not. Yeah, that yeah, does happen. It's cyclical, guys. Yeah, guys will get hurt, and then they're kind of, you don't have any yeah. crew of guys competing, yeah. We, we've not we've not promoted a show now for uh, over a year because of that. We, we never had a, a full squad of fit wrestlers, to be honest. But yeah, yeah. It comes we've and goes. Right. Yeah, we have, got a, we have got to change how we're training. <clears throat> you have many I'll women in to, your club, or is it all dudes? Um, we, the kids is like about 50-50. Yeah, we have a lot of girls as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not fearful of coming into a. I've had people go and they go, yeah, it's intimidating. You walk in, you weren't there when the cage was up, but right to the left of the ring, there's a, a, an MMA cage. So yeah. we had a woman who was a CEO of a company who uh, was invited in by one of our trainers. You come in, there's top, we got like another two or three boxing gyms coming in. There's a ton of guys standing around the ring boxing. There's two guys in a cage going, Balls to the wall. There's guys on the mat rattling. There's people doing loops around the thing, jumping rope. The music's blasting. She came <laughs> in. She loved it, but she did say, "You got to, you know, if I walked in here without knowing somebody, I would have probably ran out." Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is intimidating. We can nice be big, lovable. Guys. It might be the best place on earth to go into, but when you're that outsider going to walk in through, when I'm walking through the legit, you know, pro wrestling doors, I might be, "What the fuck am I doing?" Yeah, How do you get over that? Thing. Right. And, and where we are as well, it's uh, right. the location where we are. We're like opposite like uh, a methadone clinic where everybody's <laughs> going for that. So yeah. it's like a zombie film, all the poor people going about like with their eyes closed, walking about, gouging. Right. And we have a, a place for um, domestic violence. And then there's another place where there's these flats and immigration keep going there and like getting people. There's a lot of people from uh, uh, what these people from. Next to next to Iraq, you know, there's like all people, yeah, all people from there. Then on the night, like, there's gangs of uh, Somalians now. So it's a funny place. That's what we're. Up it's against. a funny nobody place. Would, <laughs> yeah, nobody would come there unless they really had to, unless they're already from right. the town. Right, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> we, we really, I should be moving. I should be getting out of this town. I should be moving, but I, I've got a bit of work to do yet. Well, I, no, I hear you. I hear you. So, yeah, so when people are finding you, are people coming from outside the town and to because to, to, of your yeah expertise? for seminars and things, and we try and just keep them a little bit out the way when they're staying somewhere, and then the <laughs> yeah, you don't put them at the yeah, the the drug hotel on the vehicle yeah. on a night. It's different. Yeah, Kurdistan and all these uh, illegal guys were from who's been getting raided all the time. So it's not good when there's loads of like uh, police outside and things. You know, it's not good. <laughs> there's a lot of good going on. There's a lot of good going on in the buildings. Yeah. We're sort of in the middle of it, but right, we get to work with a lot of people. Wow, that's great! Jesus Christ, that's great. look, Chris. It has been a real pleasure. Um, I'm very fortunate to have had you in Primal Gym, and it was it was great to meet you and watch you training, and now get to know you. 
consider your friend. And, uh, you know, anytime in the U.S., please come by. And, and uh, I don't know when they'll ever let me back in the U.K. again after that incident. But <laughs> but I can't talk about that for legal reasons. Um, but, no, I'd love to train with you again. It was it really was great. And and we, we had a great conversation. And it was interesting. Uh, great minds think alike, <laughs> as they say. And. Um, you know, a lot of the philosophy and the thought processes about how we go about training and teaching and learning, I and myself, Tom as well, been really fortunate to just come across these people. And look, there's, you know, and they're truly blessed. And it, it uh, it's an honor. So thank man. I appreciate that time. And thank effort. you very much. I'll be back. Yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah, come, Tom, come by. Do some grappling. That would yeah, be yeah, 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 yeah. I just need to, uh, when you're doing one of these courses that sort of isn't going to turn me into a black belt, but give me some of the basics. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to join you guys. Definitely. Tom, yeah. Tom is, he's a sponge, you know, and, uh, He's, you know, he's obviously your, your neighbor at some kind of crazy thing. Tom, is there anything you got to promote, buddy? Um, no, uh, jkdlondon.com and um, rapidarnis.com. Uh, right. And uh, you can find Chris Cross, and you can find him at Legit Pro Wrestling, you know, on the Internet. Google him. You'll find him on Facebook and all things. The guy is legit. He's a top-notch grappler, great guy, good person. He knows a ton of shit. I strongly suggest if you're out his way, uh, is to look him up, and he's got DVDs out, tons of YouTube shit. So, uh, we thank Chris for being on the uh, on the show. Chris, you're welcome back anytime. Anything you want to promote, buddy, please let us know. Yeah. Remember, next week, August 11th in Atlantic City, Primal MMA is taking place at the Claridge. Get a hold of me if you can't find me. Uh, you obviously, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, you can listen to us on at nine o'clock UK time, nine o'clock. New York time on Hamilton Radio, and you can find us on Stitch or iTunes, iHeart, what a, a bunch of different shit you can find us on. You'll find us. Make sure you like it. Make sure you share it. And we're done. Another great show. Peace out. You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.